Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 15th of June, 2021. Today we commemorate Evelyn Underhill. Our readings are Psalm 78, verses 1 through 39, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 21 through 2:11, Acts 1, 15 through 26, and the Gospel of Luke chapter 20, verses 19 through 26. I am very thankful to be here with you today. I have missed these times together, and I hope that we are together for many more days. Thank you for being here with me. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us, through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God, our maker, for you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of God and God's might and the wonders that God has done. God established a decree in Jacob and Sarah and appointed a law in Israel, which God commanded our ancestors to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, 
the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep God's commandments, and that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to God's law. They forgot what God had done and the miracles that God had shown them. In the sight of their ancestors, God worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. God divided the sea and let them pass through it, and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, God led them with a cloud, and all night long with a fiery light. God split rocks open in the wilderness, and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. God made streams come out of the rock, and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Even though God struck the rock so that water gushed out and torrents overflowed, can God also give bread or provide meat for God's people? Therefore, when God heard, God was full of rage. A fire was kindled against Jacob. God's anger mounted against Israel because they had no faith in God and did not trust God's saving power. Yet God commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. God rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate of the bread of angels. God sent them food in abundance. God caused the east wind to blow in the heavens. And by, God, and by God's power, God let out the south wind. God rained flesh upon them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. God let them fall within their camp, all around their dwellings. And they ate and were well filled, for God gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and God killed the strongest of them and laid low the flower of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. They did not believe in God's wonders. So God made their days vanish like a breath, and their years in terror. When God killed them, they sought for God. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the Most High God, their Redeemer. But they flattered God with their mouths. They lied to God with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward God. They were not true to God's covenant. Yet God, being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Often God restrained God's anger and did not stir up all God's wrath. God remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not come again. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. The man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to God the yearly sacrifice and to pay their vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him. that he may appear in the presence of God and remain there forever. 
I will offer him as a Nazarite for all time. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may God establish their word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah flower, and a skin of wine. She brought him to the house of God at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to God. For this child I prayed, and God has granted me the petition that I made to God. Therefore, I have lent this child to God. As long as he lives, he is given to God. She left him there for God. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in God. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like God, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For God is a God of knowledge, and by God actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. God kills and brings to life. God brings down to Sheol and raises up. God makes poor and makes rich. God brings low. God also exalts. God raises up the poor from the dust. God lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with royalty and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are God's, and on them God has set the world. God will guard the feet of God's faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might does one prevail. God, God's adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. God will judge the ends of the earth. God will give strength to God's rulers and anoint and exalt the power of God's anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, while the boy remained to minister to God in the presence of the priest Eli. Here what the Spirit is saying to God's people, Thanks be to God. Canticle J, a song of Judith. I will sing a new song to my God, for you are great and glorious, wonderful in strength, invincible. Let the whole creation serve you, for you spoke and all things came into being. You sent your breath and it formed them. No one is able to resist your voice. Mountains and seas are stirred to their depths. Rocks melt like wax at your presence. But to those who fear you, you continue to show mercy. No sacrifice, however fragrant, can please you, but whoever fears God shall stand in your sight forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Acts. 
In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friend, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their language Hakeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it. and let another take his position of overseer. So, one of the persons who have accompanied us during all the time that our Savior Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when Jesus was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to Christ's resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, God, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias. And Matthias was added to the eleven apostles. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Jesus began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, and leased it to tenants, and went to another country for a long time. When the season came, the man sent a slave to the tenants, in order that they might give him his share of the produce of the vineyard, but the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Next he sent another slave, that one also they beat and insulted and sent away empty-handed. And he sent still a third, this one also they wounded and threw out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they discussed it among themselves and said, This is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Heaven forbid! But Jesus looked at them and said, What then does this text mean? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. 
and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the scribes and chief priests realized that Jesus had told this parable against them, they wanted to lay hands on him at that very hour, but they feared the people. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. We're going to use the prayers from the Iona Abbey worship book found on page 12. Into your care, O God, we place those whom we love, those for whom we worry, those from whom in time or place or affection we are distant, Into your care, O God, we place what grieves us. And what inspires us and fills us with hope. Into your care, O God, we give ourselves. God bless to us our bodies. God bless to us our souls. God bless to us our lives. God bless to us our belief. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of light be upon us, light without and light within. May the moon, sun, and stars shine on us and warm every heart till it glows like a great fire so that strangers and friends may come in and find welcome. May light shine out from our eyes like a candle set in a window. And may God bless us with goodness and loving kindness. Amen. Collect for Proper Six. Keep, O God, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion. For the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A Collect for Peace O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom 
Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as we have been the prayer attributed to St. Francis is our prayer for mission. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Now is the time for intercession, special prayers, and this has been my want during the time that you and I have been together to share a few thoughts on the scriptures. And so I think I would like to use our readings today to pray some intercessory prayers for ourselves and for others. And so bear with me as I kind of fumble through my Bible and through my words, but know that um, my intent is to lift and hold you and those you care about and the things that you care about in the light and surrounded with God's love. So as Psalm 78 says, may we tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of God and God's might and the wonders that God has done. May we tell our children all of the things that God has done for us May we tell each other the things that God has done and in the telling recognize what God is doing so that we may all learn together that experience may not just be shared in the way of those who have lived through it together but also may be shared in the way that it is passed from one to another. In this past year, in this time of pandemic, our children in America have been misprioritized. They have suffered more than they needed to. They have been kept from each other, from family, from schools. May we reprioritize our nation and our culture to value our children. May we, may we recognize the error, not just during this time, but throughout this generation of simultaneously coddling and yet dismissing children. May we value them so much that we teach them. We teach them to do better than we do, that they may rise up and be a generation that is faithful and through whom God works miracles. 
just as Hannah gave Samuel to God, may we give our children to God. May we give what we cherish the most, what we have grown from its very first beginnings to God. May we trust God with our beloveds. Friends, I know that not all of you may have children that were born of your bodies. But I know that you have people and efforts that you have cherished in your lives, that you have poured your care into. And I also know that there are times when when it no longer serves us the way our culture has taught us that if you care about something, you worry over it, you impose perfectionism on it. And instead, let us, let us hold our children loosely in a way that encircles them with safety and yet gives them space. Let us, when we feel worry, anxiety, when we feel out of control, let us give it to God. Let us release to God. Let us allow our children both literally and figuratively to fulfill their higher callings, their purposes. Let us give them everything that they need to go forward. And then let us watch them go let us give space that their way might be different than our way. Let us allow ourselves to be surprised. For God will surprise us. Let us trust in God and with prayer to God. Pray for companions on this journey. We know that we are meant to be in community together, but that community is ever growing and ever shaping. I think that the disciples probably valued Judas' contribution while he was with them. He probably 
did things of great service to them. You know, I think about him kind of like being the treasurer and having been a treasurer myself of, of both the church and a few other organizations. Um, that is, you know, that is not a job that I would do with thankfulness again, um, had I the choice. And so they were probably thankful for Judas, you know, um, when, when people leave us, even if the reasons are dark, we can still value the time that they had with us. And if there is a void left in our community, let us with prayer fill it. I think about the way we order our choices and about the apostles praying for Matthias. Now, I would have liked to have seen the prayer be open, you know, not we've chosen these two, which one, oh God, but more, God, who would you send us? Because there might be someone that we haven't thought of. God, how, we, how can we prepare the space for the right person walking along with us in holiness to come and draw physically near to us at this time? And maybe we look for the unexpected in our lives. And maybe the people that we find are imperfect. Because our truest of companions, the only one who never falters, the only one that doesn't make mistakes in our friendship or our work or our ministry, is Jesus. You guys know that I've been studying in the Celtic tradition for a while now, and it has been so life-giving for me. And you've also heard me talk about the concept of Anamkara, of a soul friend. And I felt as if perhaps I was doing something wrong because I have had spiritual companions on my journey and their presence in my life is not, the relationship doesn't stay the same, right? It kind of waxes and wanes or um, there's a season that we don't speak as much or that when we do speak, it's just not as resonant with each other, you know, and some of the books that I'd read said, oh, you've got to have an Anamkara that's your Anamkara, your whole life long, the perpetuity of that relationship is really important. And I went to my spiritual director and I asked her about it and we talked about it together. And it's something so simple that God is our Anamkara. But it's kind of easy to forget or to not practice, right? <laughs> but um, God is our constant and true companion. And when we look to other humans to be what God needs to be to us, completely constant and true, we 
we place an undue burden on each other, whether we're asking ourselves to be that for someone else or asking someone else to be that for us. But maybe we can hold this a little more loosely too. Maybe we can accept God and all of God's beautiful, flexible, meet us where we are, omniscient, omnipresent being and allow our human friends to be who they are in each season. And maybe we can pray openly to God to send us who we need at this time to learn from all the teachers and to walk with all the friends that God sends us in a way that honors that within us and the connection between us not trying to force anything. And also, I think preparing the space for that friendship, for those friends to arrive is important. You know, I I talk with a few people in my life often about partnership and about the need to be in a healthy and fulfilling relationship with God, which then informs and reflects upon all of the other relationships in our lives. And these things, you know, they don't, they don't take from each other, but they give to each other. And in order for all of them, I think, to be healthy and well, we really have to be intentional about the way we're setting up those relationships. You know, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, <laughs> but perhaps the relationship between the master and the vineyard tenants could have been different understanding that in the parable Jesus is the beloved son and God is the master and the tenants are us right so within that context if the tenants had expected and set themselves up for more of a partnership you know the master's representative is coming let us Show him all the things that we have done with the vineyard. Let, he, let us ask his help and advice. You know, can you imagine if the servant came and the tenants gave the share or perhaps said, hey, we, we have the share, but we wonder if we could give you a portion and use the rest to invest on expanding the land or 
new technology for growing the grapes. We would like to do this. Here's our thought. What is your opinion of this partnership type relationship? And I know that that might sound a little bit silly, but it's also true that in some ways, even when the expectation is subconscious, we get what we expect. If we expect an adversarial relationship where something is, is going to be taken from us, then we set the relationship to, up to be like that. You know, even in our everyday encounters, if, if we come into it from a place of fear and perceived scarcity, that probably isn't going to bode well for the interaction. Perhaps those are a few things to think about today. Um, And I know I veered from our prayer, but may we, may we, oh God, find in you our ultimate Anamkara and find in our relationship the model for all of our relationships. May we, God, in this time with you, be renewed and sustained. Find the only true peace and security, which is yours, God. And from this place, where our trust is appropriately placed in you, where we are not overly dependent on anyone else, including our own human selves, from this place, May we reach out with love to others. Let us now circle and hold in love and light any whom the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer. forgive me for waxing on so long my friends of course you can always fast forward me (laughs) let us pray together the general thanksgiving almighty god giver of all mercies we your co-creators give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, 
by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you in the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the blessing of the God of Abraham and Sarah and of Jesus Christ, born of our sister Mary and of the Holy Spirit, who broods over the world as a mother over her children, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.